In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betch Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betch Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. It is Monday after a weekend. Millie, it sounds like neither of us did our vocal exercises this morning. No, I'm, I probably should do vocal exercises. I'm <laughs> constantly losing my voice. You know, the one I do that helps a lot, I do it right before the podcast or sometimes during the podcast, I'll mute myself. You just make a sound like you're blowing into a straw and it makes you just like sound better. And I think it makes you talk like in a more healthy way. Are you, as a female podcast host, telling me about vocal fry? No, it is for the health of your vocal cords because we don't want to have to get the Adele surgery, Billy. I just want everyone to know uh, how uh, misogyny shows up internally in the betches. (laughs) Millie will be filing a report that I criticized. Yeah, no, I'm muting it. I'm going to try it right now. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. But um, you know, there's there's really <laughs> there's really only a, only one question that we need to ask to begin this show, and that is, I'll start with you, Elise. Where were you when Joe Biden personally shot down a Chinese spy balloon? I think that's what happened. <laughs> yes, he t- he he <clears throat> did a, he did one of those darts that you go like and just shot it right down. Um, I was getting ready for my friend to come over. Um, we had a friend over. He brought his. We had a little dog play date. The best between me and an old pal, and um, the balloon was shot down on his way over. So then, when he arrived, we did discuss the balloon. What about you, Millie? How did you experience this event in American history? I just saw all these people talking about a balloon, and I'm like, "Oh Lord, not the balloon boy again!" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was a real. Terror to act or whatever. Yeah. Until much, much later. I thought it was literally like a bad meme that was circulating. I'm like, oh my God, people let it go. Yes. The boy in the balloon. Let the balloon go. Let it go. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you guys about because I also, you know, I feel like the stuck boat in the Suez Canal walked so that Chinese spy balloon could run. This became an instant meme in a way that it sort of. It's like we all are in a particularly uh, – we all have seasonal depression. No one was, was really going outside too much over the weekend. It's cold. And sometimes these things just hit at a time where we all desperately need to like irrationally obsess over a whimsical inanimate object. And that's what happened. Yes. I Well, so I wrote – I became aware of the balloon on Friday because of the Betches Up newsletter, which everyone should sign up for if they want Obviously. daily news in – in the wake of our move to two times a week. But um, what I think is funny and what we were discussing a little bit off pod is like 
The balloon is actually serious. Like, it's not good that China sent this surveillance balloon. It is an international incident. Blinken, the Secretary of State, was supposed to go to China this week. He's not going anymore because of the balloon. But trip the canceled. Fact, trip canceled. But the fact that it is a balloon just made the story automatically funny. Just the word balloon if it had been like Chinese spy craft found over the U.S., I don't think the story would have been as memeable or no. funny or Saturday Absolutely. Night Liveable as it was. But the fact that it is a balloon, like balloon is just a funny word. Balloon just conjures up funny imagery. And so I do think it kind of overshadowed the potential seriousness of the balloon there is also another balloon that is over like central america caribbean area i know canada's mad about the balloon the balloons are not not new these balloons have been around um yes as you were talking it sounds like they have a bit of you know a flight of fancy if you will and that's why they've they've resonated so much (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding no that was a good one I, s- I waited to say that for like 20 seconds. But no, you also said that you saw, I, I, I don't know, I see these things. I'm like, why is everyone like freaking out? About I don't know. I guess because we're so fixated on the news all the time. Like I find like small little niche stories that I think are so crazy that I try to make happen all the time and I never do. But something about that Chinese, that Chinese spy balloon. But some background here is that, you know, there was a big area of discussion about whether Joe Biden acted swiftly enough to down the inflated intelligence device. Others, like Elise said, have been identified in areas of the country and in South America. But according to Fox News and other Republicans, Biden's delay in removing the balloon was a national security disaster. What Biden and his military did apparently was monitor the balloon until it was over water, duh, so that debris could not hurt anyone. There's debris everywhere. It spread like a lot of debris. And even if it's a balloon, like it's gravity is murderous. Anything falling from the sky is going to is going to really hurt people. Yeah. And it wasn't just like just an inflated balloon. There's stuff in the right. balloon, which yeah. I, <laughs> that was kind of my initial thing is I was like, why are we having such a hard time defeating a balloon? Why don't we shoot down the balloon? But then as I learned more about the balloon, it's actually full of a bunch of electrical equipment and stuff. So yeah. like it actually could hurt people if it yeah. fell down from the sky. <laughs> yeah. And I think there was something else about like the way that they did it, made sure that they could try to recover uh, what intelligence was gathered. But, you know, I think more satisfying than than that was the fact that Biden's Defense Department put out a statement that balloons were detected during the Trump administration as well. They actually didn't even say Trump administration. They said the prior administration. Um, and so that sort of like had Republicans having to take back their their bizarre critiques. Although I did think that like we would have gotten some crazy Trump tweets about a Chinese spy balloon. I just also, you know, people say give China a lot of credit for like technological advances and innovations, but let's have a big balloon. <laughs> spy like that sounds like a dumb trump idea of like let's just drink bleach let's just what if there was a big balloon and we filled it with cameras and floated it like exactly somebody's a fucking idiot also the fact that people are monitoring balloons i also want to know in the way that curiosity has spark of like when they put a gopro on a squirrel and Mm -hmm, then follow mm -hmm. it around all day I do want to know what the balloon... Like, I'd watch that TikTok of a balloon floating over. Because, like, 
Yeah. Well, it's going to fly very far. A vlog, a daily routine. Absolutely. I think that's also what was um, like humorous and dissonant about it is that we're talking about two countries that have kind of always simmering tensions and then, you know, they're potentially boiling over because because of a balloon. And like we said, uh, Blinken canceled his trip, I believe, or it's just sort of on pause. Um because I guess normally when you have a trip planned, you kind of chill out on the espionage. It's just sort of like a politeness thing. Uh, but obviously, China apparently did not do that. And as for China officials, they say the balloon was researching the weather. It was just mm-hmm. looking at the weather. And uh, an official said, what I want to emphasize regarding this unexpected accident is that both sides, especially the U.S., should remain calm. <laughs> I, I do think it's funny that they're taking this like track with it of being like, oh, how did our balloon get over there? Oh my God. I'm like, oh, so y'all think we're stupid, stupid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, oh, sorry. That was our weather balloon. Oh my God. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> it's really giving shitty guy who did something shitty and is now telling you like, why are you even reacting like that? It's like not a big deal. Can, can you just calm down? Can you calm down? Uh, I was just texting her about the weather. Yeah, it was a weather. Exactly. Like, we both need to be calm, especially you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, can we take the intensity down a few notches and not take my balloon down any notches? Yeah, I think... I think Blinken should have to go because there is nothing like a Real Housewives trip when they're all already mad at each other. When things are chill and people have been backing off, you're not getting good content at all, at all. But the trip, the trip is canceled for now. And uh, this trip also comes ahead of Joe Biden's second State of the Union address. Before we talk about that, are there any closing thoughts about the balloon? <laughs> I want to make sure we really juice this balloon, <laughs> really deflate it. Stop. <laughs> deflate it. Um, what I will say that. is you've compared this to the Suez Canal, mm-hmm. but the Suez Canal the the you know it's an interesting comparison because the Suez Canal lasted for so many days that it really upped the tension. This I feel like was inflated, popped, and like yeah. it's now. Over. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. it burned fast and bright. It burned fast and bright. It was a weekend fling. Mm-hmm. Um, my final thoughts on the balloon, just for a historical record, when like the children of the future are looking back and learning about the balloon is the start of World War Three or whatever, <laughs> that I do acknowledge the balloon as serious while also being a very funny balloon. Absolutely. That was wise, Elise. <laughs> just that was for wise. the record, for the children of the future. Tucker Carlson's going to quote us all just <laughs> fucking around and joking about the balloon <laughs> with the worst puns I've ever delivered on this podcast in 820 episodes. If, if SUP is the only historical record of <laughs> the planet, they're going to be like, wow, people in 2023 really want to fuck Tony the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click 
gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com, and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Now we're going to talk about the state of the unit address. We won't belabor this too much. I mean, it's tomorrow night, so I guess this episode uh, will will at least last in, until then. So this is a big one for Biden. He's making his way through his first term, and he's reportedly going to begin angling for his 2024 run in the months following the state of the union. I don't know if we're talking like an announcement or just like more active, more more activity that looks like campaigning. By this time in earlier cycles, many Democrats had already announced. Like, that's crazy to think that normally we're farther along in the cycle. Like, I think Joe still has, right, another State of the Union between now and and the general election. But I think a lot of people are watching tonight's speech from, from that perspective. Something interesting we talked about a lot last year, I know I really belabored it, was that Biden did not say the word abortion in the State of the Union. And a few months later, the Supreme Court ended women's constitutional right to an abortion. I'm not saying those two things are linked. Um, I might be wrong, but I'm just, I'm not sure if an American president has ever said the word in a state of the union. If they, if they not have. in a positive way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if, if they have, it was not in our, in our way. It was not in a supportive way. Usually they use some euphemisms. Uh, so I'm curious to see what he does there. He also makes his speech as Republicans have taken the House of Representatives, even though they've been pretty inept at it. Biden also just had a great jobs report signaling that the con- economy is improving. Unemployment is the lowest it's been in nearly half a century. The kind of everyday lifestyle impacts of the pandemic are in the past for many people. I know TikTok loves to serve me threads about how my government is lying to me and we're all going to have you know terrible long COVID in a couple of years. But most people view Biden as having handled that quite well. 
but still his approval ratings are, ratings are in the low 40s. Again, I don't know if that's tremendously uncommon at this point in, in a presidency. People are pretty concerned about high prices still, and they're worried about layoffs, even though, you know, some of those jobs are fine. It's definitely a very unique time in history and in the you know American political climate for this kind of speech. So I kind of want to look at this from two angles. Like what what are you going to be looking for versus like what do you let's start with what do you think the average viewer is looking to hear from Joe Biden to to say the next day, I liked that. I want him to stay. I feel like he's got to talk about eggs. You got to talk about the price of eggs. Uh, Honestly, like, honestly. An omelet-centered state of the union, themed over different types of egg preparations. You know, centrists love to talk about kitchen table issues. And, you know, things things about the economy and unemployment numbers and all that, like, those are important. But, again, the impact of, like, groceries cost so much now. And it's important for, I think, for people to feel like, you know, heard or understood or something, you know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That is like you have a president or somebody in leadership who understands and it's, you know, it's not his fault. It's not all this stuff. But like, again, that someone's listening. I think It doesn't matter. Yeah. Politically, he needs to address that, whether it's like rational or not. Exactly. That's what I think is. Yeah, I think, I mean, when it comes to Joe Biden, his whole thing is really like no one gets, his thing isn't making people feel extremely excited. It's making people feel like things are normal and in good hands and will continue to be as such. So I think that his real job is to, highlight what he's already done, the comparisons between now and when he took office, that entire feeling that, oh, like we have someone responsible and normal heading up the government. And then also highlighting that the chaos that we still see is related to his opponents, to the Republicans, to what his potential challenger in 2024 would want to do. So I think that's really just the biggest part of what he has to do is kind of continue to make Mm. everyone feel like he's a normal man doing normal things. And if you let him stay, things will remain kind of calm. He's not grooming your kids, you know, like the people that I think that if he focuses on that, like he does not need to touch the culture wars. I think that's the worst thing he could do. What do you think, Millie? Well, there is like he doesn't have to touch the culture wars, but I don't know if the he's one-sided gonna, culture wars. The one-sided culture wars. I don't know if he's going to do this. There, are, like, it's like how do you acknowledge? Like, you have to acknowledge what Ron DeSantis is doing with banning books and you know editing African American. You know, like, but it's like. Yeah, it's like he's a rational, normal person. So it's like if he avoids it completely, that'll mm-hmm. feel a little tone deaf. And then also like Republicans took Il- Ilhan Omar mm-hmm. off committee. You know what I mean? So it's like you don't want him to to engage in like M&Ms or mm-hmm. like that kind of shit. But it's like these are things that are actually like public education is is suffering. Um it, it's there's some stuff that it's like 
Yeah. He does. He should say something about some of these things, right, but right. he shouldn't. It's hard though. That I mean, that's like kind of the Democrats' debacle. Is like, how do you acknowledge the the batshit shit that Republicans are doing without like baiting you know, them kneeling more? And, yeah, baiting and, and giving him more. And elevating it to the level of the State of the Union where it's like, you know, because if an issue gets mentioned at the State of the Union, that is like a huge elevation of that issue. Which is why I want him to say abortion. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, Millie's right in that, like, some of the stuff that's going on in Florida that Ron DeSantis is doing does need to be addressed. The attacks across many states on trans kids and stuff do need to be addressed. So that'll be kind of a delicate, that's that's the balance that he's going to need to strike of being like, you know, Democrats are not for any of these things while also not making it about these culture war issues. Yeah. Because Biden's strongest, Biden's strongest like backing is just his track record of actually getting some really good legislation passed that do things that need to be done. Like the infrastructure bill. Yeah. It's not shiny. It's not like something that everybody's thinking about all the time. It's not like an Obamacare, like huge thing at the forefront of people's minds. But at the end of the day, it's part of his track record of just like getting the actual functions of our government done. Mm -hmm. So that's really his strength. But he also can't ignore that Republicans are very clearly going to run on these culture war social issues um, like trans kids, like CRT and what we teach in schools and all of that stuff. So it is like a delicate balance for him and his speechwriters to strike. Yeah. For him, I feel like he, 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 plays the role as like the grandpa who usually gets your pronouns right. And I think that his his office does a really good job of just sort of like letting his surrogates kind of not be in the culture wars, but for instance, like the Respect for Marriage signing like act. Like that, like they invited like so many people that had huge followings and really made a moment out of that without Joe Biden necessarily needing to be like I mean, he passed it, obviously, but he didn't need to talk about the trans activism implicit of it. He could just invite Dylan Mulvaney. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dylan Mulvaney is 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 at the State of the Union tomorrow. And they'll have like certain guests where they're just sort of like the people that need to know that he is with them uh, are, are going to find out. And people, when he seems to withhold that Joe Biden, I think those communities are really good about, you know, demanding it back from him. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he does it in a in a unique way where he's, I think he's, He's clever about it, where he's trying not to bait bait them, but trying to show to the supporters that he's with them and he's committed. Yeah. And Tyree Nichols's mother is going to be there. So I don't think that they would have her there if that wasn't going to be something that was getting addressed in some form in the State of the Union. So it'll be interesting to see what he says about that. Is it a we should revive the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act? Like what? What does he call for in that moment? Because I just don't, I don't see a world where she's there and they don't say anything about police violence or any of those issues surrounding the Tyree Nichols death situation. It's it's so tough. Again, like, as, you know, it's like, I'm just reiterating what you said, Elisa, like, 
he has to show that government works and that mm-hmm. he's doing it. Everything's fine. But a lot of shit is not fine. Right. Like, so it's like, you know, I, I was just reading about how Ron DeSantis stripped the Orlando Philharmonic from their liquor license because they had a drag Christmas show. You know, stuff like that where it's like, yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, well, I don't envy George uh, George Biden. George Biden. <laughs> I know. Well, do you guys do you guys want to know who's giving the Republican response this year? Oh, who? Oh, it's a good one. It is it is the governor of Arkansas herself, Miss Sarah Huckabee oh. Sanders. Oh man. Ah. <laughs> and her knee-high boots. And this is the thing because you know they're going to have like five different versions based on what Biden does bring up and how they're going to react to it. So it's going to be really interesting to see how she tries to like breathlessly accuse him of grooming when it like did not did not come up at all. I don't honestly it's always funny to see who they pick to do that because it is kind of like uh like she a was death press secretary. She should nail it, but like Yeah, but it is kind of like a death slot. Like no one ever comes out of giving that no. rebuttal. <laughs> even and I'll say it like even when it's the other way around, the yeah. rebuttal you always look small and weird compared to literally the president standing in Congress in front of all of the Congress people. And then it cuts to you on Zoom. Like, this is what I think. You really look like, just like, and maybe we should just kill Caesar. And it's like, okay. exactly. It's very, it's not a good position. A lot of people, a lot of Republicans I can think of have had their careers totally (laughs) fucked by it. I mean, Marco Rubio drinking the water is iconic. Um, Oh, there was that other guy who did it. The South Asian guy who's like, he's literally like not even in political. The Louisiana? Yes. Him. That guy's so fucking He did it. He did it. And he was like considered a rising star. Totally (laughs) tanked him. Like, I can't even remember who the hell he is. So. (laughs) I just remember that his portrait where he looked like Paul Ryan, but he's. South Asian. Um, but you know what? I- I'm going to rebut that with you guys and mm-hmm. say that if there's anyone in this world who knows what a bad position, who's used to doing, being in an impossible position, doing a bad job, that's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Because mm-hmm. let me right. tell you, Miss Press Secretary, she will flip, lie, reverse, do everything. Um <laughs> But tell the truth. Or say Latinx. Or say Latinx. <laughs> say, yeah. yeah. Latinx. She's going to yes and her her little heart out and just deliver yeah. the craziest far-right Mad Libs response um, yeah. ever. No, you're right, Millie. She has the skill set. They actually picked – they actually – this was probably a smart choice simply because she does, like, have, like – she was not the worst Trump press secretary, famously. I don't think they're ever going to have Sean Spicer to the rebuttal. Well, that would be amazing, she's, though. she is serving up a unlimited buffet of word salad yeah. is what she does. And that's perfect for Republicans because, mm-hmm. again, they're saying they just say shit, bring up the three culture wars, don't have any policies, don't make any promises, just bring up how everyone else is bad. And just again, the the taglines. Okay, we're yeah. talking about what Biden's gonna say and do, but I bet you, if we had some kind of drinking game or some kind of thing where we say what she's gonna say, yeah, we'll be on point because she's gonna bring to your. I was oh my gosh, yeah, I was actually thinking because sometimes we do do a drinking game, and honestly, with State of the Union, it was only fun with Trump because he was so crazy, and the Republicans with Biden, like. 
I don't know what he's going to say over and over again, and it's not that entertaining, but trying to do one around the response would be would be quite funny. It's definitely yeah. going to be sort of like a Mad Libs that they're going to have ready, and which Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, did today in reaction to our next topic. I think for sure, because it's interesting also to try to see like the euphemisms they use for what they're doing. So yeah. definitely protecting women in sports will come up, oh, which oh is the God. euphemism that they use for targeting trans kids in schools. That yeah. is like the little fake thing. Right to life, I feel like, is definitely going to come up because mm. the RNC just said they want to double down on that despite yeah. all evidence showing that they should not fucking do that. So go off. Um, I, feel I feel like, like that comes up. Parents, parents rights. rights. Parents ah! rights. Yeah. Parents <laughs> rights. Oh, we're so good. Yeah. They're good. They usually say like protect children, but in the content, the context of like fetuses mm -hmm. like yeah they're like we don't want these schools to indoctrinate our kids can you believe that i brought up something with my kid and they had a descending opinion that's the school's fault it's like so you want to indoctrinate your own exactly kids with your own crazy nonsense okay yeah. cool and inflation. Yeah. They're definitely going to hit that hard even they're though like, the numbers eggs. are getting better eggs all of that stuff which honestly that's pretty normal for the opposing party to bring up. I'll give them that one if they want to talk about the economy and their rebuttal. Yeah. Okay. That's actually normal. So. I can't get enough of the egg memes. I saw a TikTok that was like when they asked for proof of income and somebody just shows their fridge and that they have a lot of eggs. <laughs> yeah. All right. It might be, it should be a slightly entertaining um, evening. My plan is that I'm going to be in DC for it, not in the Capitol. I, I may, we'll see if these things can change very last minute. So the plan is for me to, to, to be there and be doing some content in a particular location and it should be fun. Ooh. Hopefully it stays Sup. on the books. Sup, you heard it here first. You, this you Amanda heard here first. Du Amanda Duberman storming the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> she may, she may or may not be invited. She's going there. She's sitting on Nancy Pelosi's desk and taking her, Nancy Pelosi's laptop where they show powerpoints in you're not wrong because actually if i if i if i end up going there i do want to take some content just of like cap the statues in the capital for women's history month so um i'll reach out to some people but if you're listening and want to put me on the list for tomorrow please dm me <laughs> now let's do some reactions to last night's grammy awards so some some cliffs notes here. Beyonce made history by becoming the winningest Grammy winner of all time, but was stuck in traffic in LA, so she didn't even make it to accept that award. She lost album of the year to Harry Styles, however, which seems wrong. And uh, that speech seemed like it was a weird speech and everyone thought she was going to win. That didn't seem like a high moment. Viola Davis achieved an EGOT by winning the award for best audiobook, narration, and storytelling recording. She read her memoir, Fight, Finding Me. So, I mean... I, I can't believe Viola Davis didn't have any got. That seems yeah, well, and she it's got also, one now. written in the it's stars. Also kind of rare for someone to EGOT just fully get all the awards for their performances because some people mm. get them for they yeah. get one oh. because they produced on wow. something. So it's actually like she's like a different tier of EGOT. She's an EGOT who got them all because of performances that she specifically gave, which is mm -hmm. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you want to go before I give you my Beyonce reaction. Please. No, no, we're sticking with Beyonce now. Well, yeah, I just, you know, I have a lot of feelings about it because this is the fourth time that people thought she was going to win and she didn't. She's previously lost to Beck, Adele, 
and Taylor Swift and now Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Um, again, people who, you know, have great careers and are great musicians. But if we're talking about the cultural, like, points or, like, cultural impact that her albums had versus Bex or (laughs) even Taylor Swift, like, you know, so it's, like, it's not surprising. it, it, It just really goes to show, like, what are these award shows do? Who do they celebrate? This is an award show who fucking gave Macklemore best rap album of the year over um, Kendrick Lamar. Like, this is a racist, like, I'm not even trying to be like, whatever, like, this is just a clearly racist award show. Um, You know, again, Jack Harlow, uh, even for example, with the rap, with the rap category, Jack Harlow had a kind of, it was critically accepted that his album was bad. It got two, it got two stars on Pitchfork or like a 29% or something like it's bad, but it still got nominated for rap album of the year. And it's just like, these people don't, you know, they don't care about impact. A- another person that people thought were going to, was going to win album of the year was bad bunny for mm-hmm. Umerano Sing Thi. Yeah. And that, that album specifically, it again, won number one in, um, on many, many like best of 2022 album list. He was like the biggest streamer in the world. So, you know, I mean, Harry Styles sells out a lot, but it's just, it's just really interesting to see that what the Grammys awards and what they don't, you know? So yeah. that's well, it's kind interesting of- because it's like, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I mean, my initial response would be, how do we explain that Beyonce has more Grammys than anyone else? but is still being deprived this award. But I think listening to you describe it is like, exactly. What is it about? I mean, the the Grammy um, categories are weird. Like, I'm sure if you read the fine print, it's really based in just really, you know, kind of, you know, old industry ways that music was made and put together and produced. So maybe there's something technically about it. But yeah, you're right. It, It seems strange that she's been honored in all of those other ways. And album of the year has eluded her, especially yeah. because we're talking about Beyonce, who the only way we communicate with her is her album. Like she made albums a thing again. Yeah. Like and and again, you know, again, you know why I said I have complicated feelings is because I don't feel like anyone's entitled to or like she's automatically entitled to just because she's Beyonce and she has won a lot. So that's also something that gets me a lot of people are criticizing saying that, you know, Harry Styles, like, oh, this is someone who's queer baiting, but Beyonce actually has this homage to queerness. Um, I challenge that because yeah. she just did a show in Dubai. So what what is it really about? Mm-hmm. And also, like, I have my own feelings about what she what um marginalized identity she uses to like. I will say though, this album, you know. I can see why people say it's a really important queer album because of the people who wrote the songs and produced it. She did employ uh, many, many, many queer people to help her with this album. And it is like an homage to queer culture. I'll I'll give that. But, you know, if you're making that argument with Harry Styles about queer baiting, it's difficult to have that understanding that Beyonce, again, just did a show in Dubai. Well, yeah, a bizarre kind of add on to this is that like everyone was surprised that Harry won, including him, but he said something kind of bizarre in his speech. He said, I'm just so, this doesn't happen to people like me very often. This is so, so nice. Um, 
I don't think anyone knows what he meant by that because white cis <laughs> men mainly win this award. I don't know if he meant because he's British or he's, um, <laughs> you know, he British. dresses in an effeminate <laughs> way. Like, what is the me? Like, what type of identity was he embracing there that he felt doesn't get recognized? What do you think? I think it doesn't really happen to people like me, people who've broken up a family. <laughs> And caused a divorce and is a side hoe to the director. That's yeah. what I think in terms first of- First home record to ever. First home record to ever. Bring home a Grammy. Because yeah. Adele, famously, her, her album was about divorce. So it's, it, it, mm. you know, I think that Harry Styles brings an important representation to the flip side of the people that caused the divorce. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it- it, it it really that is the comment that like I like <laughs> Harry Styles just fine. I yeah. think he's you know a little cutie, but he's not really an doing anything. <laughs> but he's also not doing anything that like oh, David right. Bowie and Mick Jagger and other like male rock stars. I mean like Prince. Like a lot of male rock stars have played with gender. So quote unquote straight cis male rock stars have played with gender in the way that he plays with gender. That's not to say that it's not like cool that he does that, but yeah, that comment was very strange to me, especially on a night when like actually a trans woman won an award. (laughs) And like, (laughs) I'm just like, what do you mean, Harry? I I really, maybe he'll tell us what he meant. Like he, like he clarified, he didn't spit on his co-star. I I think (laughs) an Aquarius. I don't know. I know I was joking about him being the first home record to ever win a Grammy. <laughs> but what I really think is when he said people like me, I really think he meant bad actors. And <laughs> there's not many mm-hmm. bad, terrible actors who can decide if they're going to be British or American you know in what? the gonna, same yeah. film. I'm going to pose this question on our Instagram stories and maybe our audience can speculate as to what particular identity uh because I'm sure it was it meant something to him in that moment, but I'd be curious to know. So some final thoughts. Obviously, another kind of historic moment. Well, Jill Biden was there. She presented presented Song of the Year to Bonnie Raitt, which was also one that nobody thought she was going to win. Like yeah, even Lizzo I, was yeah. like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> like I, I think like I, I saw somebody be like, "Does Jill Biden know she can't choose?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, Bonnie Raitt actually won. Um, like Millie said, Bad Bunny opened the show with what sounds like the most electrifying performance of the evening, and just as we say a lot, and you say a lot, Millie, it's it's just radical what he's done uh, with not with not making music in English uh, in this country. And it it was definitely a standout. Quavo performed a heartbreaking tribute to take off. And Kim Petras became the first transgender winner of best pop duo group performance for the song on holding with Sam Smith. So they also uh, performed that song and there were a lot of reactions. There were a lot of reactions. Honestly, it was just like they're wearing, they look like they're dressed up for Halloween and they're like, dancing dirty. It was just, you know, a lot of red, a lot of fire, a lot of devil motifs, but nothing that felt like super darkly satanic. But um, here's how Marjorie (laughs) Taylor Greene described it. Just satanic light. Marjorie Taylor Greene has has played Mad Libs this morning, and she said the Grammys featured Sam Smith's demonic performance and was sponsored by Pfizer. (laughs) And the satanic church now has an abortion clinic in New Mexico that requires its patients to perform a satanic ritual before services. American Christians need to get to work. Get to work. I'm sorry, but if 
banning abortions and everything that American Christians have done is not getting to work. I'm terrified of what the fuck they're going to do when they're actually getting to work. Um, as someone who Kim Petras has said, this Kim Petras has said she owes everything to gays yeah. in Bushwick. As someone who's seen her live in Bushwick, like it's, I mean, it's great that she won the Grammy. It's also like just something about her artistically, which I think runs very true and whatever is that she literally loves Halloween. It's so funny that you mm, said Halloween. Interesting. She made, instead of making a Christmas album, she made a Halloween album. That's so fucking good. And it's spooky. And that's the know, vibe I got from the performance. Not yeah, like I want to fuck a demon. No. Um, but literally at her concert that I went to, she was like, when I wanted to release an album, <laughs> like a Halloween album, my, like my label was like, Kim, no one's going to listen to this. <laughs> and she was like, no, you don't get it. Halloween is like Christmas for the gays. And <laughs> it's so funny that like, mm -hmm. yeah, like it's showing that. And I don't know. I think that, that it's so, it's, I don't know. The demonic, whatever thing is, it's so funny. Cause people said the same thing about Lil Nas X with right. his, when he right. actually did what a yeah, fucking yeah, demon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you game say in a lap dance? And I think it's playing with that. Yeah. Um I don't know. Maybe this is very like very radical for for sup or something, but like Satanism too, like if you actually read the philosophies of Satanism, yeah. it's really not that radical. It's very like self-empowering of like you have to make your own choices and your own decisions at the core. Satanism, but anyway, this is all spooky. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, no, know. I know exactly what you're Satan. saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's so funny because, <laughs> like, the, the I don't know. It's like sponsored by Pfizer. It's like Pfizer yeah. wishes they could have a fucking three minute ad on the Grammys. Uh -huh. And also, why not Moderna? And also, like, this is triggering the people that is triggering on purpose, and it's also speaking to the people that they want to speak to on purpose. So I just think it's. It's exactly. Really right, right, right. Precisely. Yeah. The song is called Unholy. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> we're just come on. Come on. Wake up. Yeah. Those were all our topics for today. That's our show. <laughs> we'll be back Thursday until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Lily Tavares. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sasmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sasmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.